everybody. Welcome to At You 2 podcast episode number 65. My name is Matt McGee, and we are talking all things U2, including new album news, tour dates, and community discussions from the staff of At You 2 I get to host the show for the second time in a row. Thankfully, uh, Chris did not decide that I should never do it again. In fact, Chris had some last-minute uh, scheduling things come up, and he was going to be on the show tonight. We're all very excited to get back to our normal podcasting, but had, uh, as I said, some last-minute stuff come up. So I'm going to fill in as host, and we have three of our crew members on tonight. And boy, oh boy, guys, is there a lot of stuff to talk about. We have Sherry. You want to say hello real quick? Hey, I'm the big mouth that gets in the way. The, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Becky? Hey, everyone. And Mason, how are you? Hello, everybody. What, 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 you guys, we were just, we had some clever ideas on what we think Chris is up to tonight, uh, that he couldn't join us as we record on Wednesday evening. What was the winner of our, of our guesswork? I believe it was a poutine crisis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Mason's idea too, though. Yeah, the maple syrup shortage, they yeah. take it really seriously up there. I think they yeah. do. I see. I was thinking that, you know, because school is about, it's late August, school is about to start in, in Saskatchewan, and that means snow is about to start falling. So I thought maybe that, you know, they were just sort of like getting the home ready for, you know, the heavy winter and that sort of stuff. Who knows? But anyway, hopefully we'll get Chris back on uh, next time if we're recording at a time that uh, that works as well. But we are glad to be here. I'm glad to be here uh, to talk about all the stuff that's been going on. And as I said, we do have a lot of stuff to talk about, guys. We have uh, some album news. We have the tour starting up like much sooner than I expected it. Uh, I wasn't aware that it was so close. I thought it, we still had like three weeks or a month, but no, apparently not. Um, and we have some very unique album marketing that we're going to talk about as well. But why don't we first dive into our inbox as a reminder to listeners, if you have any questions or topics, things you want to suggest, things you want to ask, uh, just send us a tweet or just tweet with the hashtag ask at you too. Uh, and we will automatically get that added. Chris set up this crazy system where it just automatically goes to a spreadsheet. It's really cool. I have no idea how he did it. It's like witchcraft. And so it just gets added to the sheet, and we will then use uh, the best questions during the podcast. So why don't we get started with this? I'll ask the questions, and we will try to get through. I think we have four or five of these. So uh, let's get going. We have uh, at Tim Jar, or Tim, I think it's Jar, J-A-H-R, who asked a few questions. Number one, he said, speaking of you two things in the mail, that's a relation to relationship to the letters that have been going out. He said, has anybody gotten their fan club gift yet? The Joshua Tree vinyl singles or any updates on when we will. Sherry, what's the story on that? The answer is no. Um, the last we heard was through U2.com's uh, post on May 3rd stating that the uh, they are anticipating the physical delivery of the four-disc vinyl set from September. But clever them, they didn't mention the year. So I'm holding <laughs> them to 2017. <laughs> There's 30 days in September. Who knows? It'd be good if they get it out before they start the next tour. <laughs> It took them 30 years to get this out. Come on. <laughs> as, well, I, true. As, I've sa- as I've said before, I still don't have the very first, that little, uh, what was it? The little luggage, the little metal luggage thing. Is that what it was? I never got that. Do you want mine? 
No, you keep it. It's okay. I've, okay. I've, 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 the pain has gone away by now, so it's no need to, no need to reopen old wounds. All right. Uh, at Tim, Tim Jar again asks, uh, what is your favorite lyric allegedly on Songs of Experience that Bono has read or sung so far? Mason? Uh, so this is technically a recording, but I think it should count, Matt. You can confer with our uh, judges, Jeopardy style. <laughs> but um, my favorite is from uh, You're the Best Thing About Me or The Best Thing or whatever it ends up being called is the lyric, um, The Best Things Are Easy to Destroy. The, uh, I, th- I think Wasn't it written on the girl's uh, jacket during the Amsterdam shoot? Yeah, it was something like that, right? It, yeah. It was- I don't. That's That's just one of those kind of at first glance was a bit of a throwaway like okay that doesn't make much sense but uh and after the election i was like oh yeah that does make sense they we had a good thing going and you know things were destroyed and with that and it goes to like with love things can get destroyed so quickly or friendships and stuff like that and i just that that lyric in particular has resonated with me so okay that'd be my favorite all right sherry or becky um, for me, it's Becky, uh, the little things that give you away. And it's probably because I've heard it when they came through and played it, you know, already we've heard it live many times and I didn't know what to expect. You know, the first time we heard it in Vancouver, it's how they ended the show. And, um, I, I think it's such a beautiful song and I really like the part, the lyric, <clears throat> excuse me, where, I wake at four in the morning where all the doubt is swarming and it covers me in fear sometimes. Um, I, that really got my attention the first time he sang it and um, in the subsequent shows when I heard it again. And the whole song to me is just, I perceive it as being about self-doubt, of course, and where Bono might be coming from, you know, as he gets into later years and in the career. But I think it's a beautiful song, and I loved it when they played it. Sherry, you want to go? And I'm going to go also with uh, Little Things, and it's the bit before uh, what Becky mentioned with the sometimes I can't believe my existence. I see myself Mm -hmm. from a distance. I can't get back inside. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes they are so anxious. All my thoughts are so reckless, and all of my innocence has died. Uh, simply because for the past, uh, I think we're going on now six years, but um, anybody who has followed along with any of my writing on on the site, been writing about this now for about eight or nine years about my um, son who has a mild high-functioning autism spectrum disorder. And uh, this is not what I had envisioned my my life and my future to be in dealing with that and issues with uh, school systems and social circles and acceptance and all that other stuff. And, and that bit about and all of my innocence has died. Uh, I, I'm usually a glass is half full kind of person. And this is this is just wrecking me. So this is why this particular song is really hitting me hard at this point in my life so uh i'll go there but that can totally change as of december 1st so we'll see what other songs happen to be <laughs> right well december 1st we think we assume we we, we believe so yeah I, I am holding them too yeah i think i i mean i as far it's a done deal as far as i'm concerned but we'll get to that in a minute i, I you know if to, for, to answer tim's question i, I kind of feel like i should just not even bother because this is where i lose my fan card 
like I pay so little attention to the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> like you guys just quoted lyrics that I had no idea were in the songs. <laughs> like the like if you said to me, "Hey Matt, what's the lyrics for Little Things?" I would just said, "Well, I know he sings sometimes a lot at the end." So. <laughs> Matt, you're fired. <laughs> right? It's so like I don't know I don't know what my deal is. I just I pay so little attention until like a song grabs me. Then I like, oh I gotta go back and investigate this song. What's he singing about? I don't it's just I'm really weird that way. So anyway, yeah. So if anybody wants to I'll just like leave the Skype call now. Somebody else can host because I'm no longer without you too. <laughs> yeah. I think we need another MM to get in on this. That's just you know. <laughs> All right, another question from Tim uh, from Tim says, what are the chances we finally get an official slash studio version of Mercy on Songs of Experience, and if so, will it resemble previous ones? I don't think so. Sherry, you agree with that? Yeah, I totally agree with that. Mercy is one of those uh, um, songs, as Rolling Stone puts it, you know, it's one of the top ten uh, songs that fans who, who are diehards know about. It was part of the How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb recording. Uh, it was actually the last song that they had done um, in the studio. It never made it onto the recording. However, it was part of a um, of like a final edit. And the reason why we have a version of it circulating is because supposedly it had gotten ripped um, from a copy that was available at a video shoot and it wasn't meant to uh, be circulated in that way. In uh, When the band did the U2 360 tour, they did perform a slightly different version of it live, and that's what ended up on the Wide Awake in Europe EP that came out for Record Store Day. Um, but I think that we will, if it does come out, we may see it on a box set uh commemorating the yeah. anniversary seeing as as that album i mean i mean that was the album that the band got eight grammys for right so i would imagine that they would be um doing something special with that when the time is right oh, for so sure, i think yeah. that yeah so i think that that may be our opportunity and and uh that'll probably be the only opportunity that we'll see it but I don't see it happening anytime soon. And maybe, and maybe that, maybe the liner notes of that box set is when we finally learn the, the, the real story of how that got released. Because it's one of the, uh, the ongoing mysteries that uh, that that hard to find studio version of Mercy. So, yeah, and it's and it's also documented. Mercy is documented in the um, in the deluxe box set for How to Dismantle. It's in uh, one of the drawings. Uh, oh, that's right. Inside of. The hardcover book. So, so we do have documentation that it was from that that right. series. Right. But you'll see stuff online that it's uh, uh, aiming for songs of ascent and so on and so forth. But I think that because it is so linked to the how to dismantle um, uh, box, or rather the how to dismantle era, I don't think that we're going to see it um, anywhere other than when they're commemorating that. Yeah, I agree. I think that the fact that they put it on, uh, on wide awake in Europe, that was them kind of saying, all right, here it is. We, you know, we're, we're getting it out there. We're done with it. It's not going to be, you know, let's kind of put it to rest for now. So I think, I think that's what they did. All right. Uh, Christoph Bruner, who is at Bruner Caffey on Twitter says, well, I think I can take this one. He says, what's the best way 
to send you an audio message for the podcast. Maybe Chris would be better, but in Chris's absence, I would say that I would just suggest putting it online somewhere, like on Dropbox or Google Drive or somewhere that we could download it, and then just email us or ping us on Twitter and we and let us know what the link is. Um, if you want to email it, uh, you know, just use the contact form on uh, at U2. It's at U2.com slash contact, and you can reach uh, Chris directly or myself directly or whomever, and uh, just let us know where the, the audio is. And we would love to play listener audio messages. We've done that on a few podcasts in the past. It's always fun to do. And if anybody wants to send in audio for future podcasts uh, with comments or questions or whatever, it may, maybe we would love that. So. All right, that answers that one. Uh, and lastly, for Ask at You 2 this is from Olav H. Balden, which is I think is at O. Balden. Uh, as a question related to the Joshua Tree Tour, what were you two, Bono, thinking? <laughs> I love questions that begin that way. <laughs> what, what were you two slash Bono thinking when they chose to do the America snippet in bad in Dublin of all places? Why no Bowie snippets? And I'll just say this, uh, I don't know if anybody wants to tackle it, but I'll just say this, that w- that show was the only show on the whole European tour when they did that America snippet in bad. And if I had to, you know, I think sometimes it's just, I think probably, he, you know, the intention was not to do it the whole tour, but, you know, when you're, maybe when you're in the moment and it's been a habit that you've been, you know, singing it for the last couple months at other shows, it maybe is just a little easy to get right back into that habit. I don't know. That's... I, I I don't think we're ever going to get an actual answer. So I think if I had to guess that it was just sort of a, a you know a habitual thing. It's better than a habit of announcing baby news from the stage. So I'll oh, take Lord. this one. <laughs> yes, and I agree with Matt. I think he, you know, maybe he was in the moment or he didn't think about it, and because it had been so ingrained in him already from the U.S. leg of the tour. I think the real question is why isn't why he's saying America during bad. It's why they didn't play Homecoming. That's what I would want to know. But as far as using the snippet, yeah, I, I, I agree with Matt. He probably just got caught up in the moment. It's like, oh wait, I didn't mean to do that. Like, you know, so eh, that's just a Bonoism, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah. I agree. The the Homecoming thing was a little bit more of a little bit more of a mystery to me as well. So. All right, so that wraps up uh, Ask at U2. Again, if you have questions or suggestions or topics or commentary on U2 news and you want us to uh, use it in a future podcast, just send us a tweet with the hashtag Ask at U2 and we will get it automatically that way. So let's move on to the roundtable segment. Somebody is highlighting our agenda. I don't know who's doing that. <laughs> So uh, we have there's all, boy there's all kinds of news. Why don't we tackle this in sort of a chronological order? Uh, as, as I said, it's uh, Wednesday evening, August twenty third, as we're recording, and there was a lot of news that we've posted in the last couple days. But first, just real quick, and I know Becky, you kind of wanted to bring this up. Um, there was some news. I think was it earlier this week or maybe late last week about. Uh, a yeah. cover, a cover album of the there. A bunch of artists are going to redo the Joshua Tree, right? And that came out on the twenty first, so just a few days ago. Okay. And 
um, RTE 2FM with Universal Music Ireland. They've invited a bunch of uh, big Irish musicians to recreate the Joshua Tree to celebrate the 30th anniversary, and it's going to be called the Joshua Tree New Roots. And this album will support the children's hospice, Laura Lynn, which is in Ireland. And um, some of the guest artists will be Gavin James, Codaline, all twins who I don't know, and the academics. So what they've done is invited these artists to recreate the entire album. And I think it's interesting because U2 has a history of doing this. Um, the most recent one that they did was for Octoon, and it was for the anniversary of Octoon Baby, and they had some wonderful artists that covered that. And I think, oh, what uh, magazine was that? It was with, um, yes, Q. Yeah, Thank Q, you. Meg, right. And that was uh, all 12 songs. It was for their 25th anniversary. And the likes of Jack White, Patti Smith, Nine Inch Nails. I, I liked it because it was pretty hard rocking. <laughs> and it fit really well into that album. And the proceeds for that went to um, Concern Worldwide, which is an Ireland-based nonprofit that provides aid to the world's poorest countries. So um, you two made that request, Bono did specifically, um, to Concern CEO. And they've also done it previously, but before that, for entire albums, really was, I think, 2005. There were a series of albums that were done, cover albums. And so on that one... It was for, it was even better than the real thing. There were three uh, versions, not three versions, but three editions, volumes. And the one that had the U2 songs on it was the last one in 2005. And it had a mix of songs that included, of course, even better than the real thing, October, Sunday, Bloody Sunday. There were two sides to this. So if y'all haven't seen it, it might be worth going to look up and listen to it. And the proceeds of that were donated to the UNICEF Tsunami Relief Fund. And I think, as we all know, they've also done singles here and there or participated in Live Aid and those sorts of things on doing one-offs. But this is just the latest. And I thought the fact that it was the entire album and they gave permission to do this is just one more thing about them in supporting a lot of um, people who need help. Right. And there's also, there's also, right. There's, and there's also a, a contest to design the album cover that I immediately yes. on seeing that I thought, wow, Kelly Eddington should design a cover for that album. <laughs> she should. That would be amazing. Um, and for anybody who wants to look that up, they can, well, can we put a link to it in the podcast, Matt? Yes, we can put a link in the show notes when the podcast is published. They can also just go to, uh, our homepage and scroll down past all the more recent album news and stuff. And it's on there. Um, right. Yeah. There's a link to the, uh, the RTE FM page and it talks about the contest there. There you go. All right. And then, th so the uh, more recent than that, of course, has, is the news that has had, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just me. You guys tell me I have been going out to my mailbox three times a day, every day this week. <laughs> Where's yep. the mail? Where's the mail? And every day I have been frustrated. So how many times a day are you guys checking mail at your house? 
I know, Sherry, you've been checking every day. Well, I know when the mail comes, so I only go once when the mail has arrived. And uh, we we have um, several members of our family who have U2.com subscriptions, and none of us have received it, yet we were... You know, th- th- we were part of the uh, uh, eclipse, uh, of although we were only 63%. So I don't know what their strategy was. But uh, uh, w- w- what is interesting is seeing the people who are receiving it, how many of them are are directly connected in in a lot of different ways. And, and it's kind of fun to see that that there's a lot of you know uh uh fans who who you know are just joe normal average everybody's who are receiving this that that there doesn't appear to be any rhyme or reason uh i would have thought that the entirety of of the u2.com membership would have gotten this but it's not appearing that that's the case and so and there's a possible no sorry just real real, real, let me just yeah. Just chime in, Mason, real quick. Just for those that don't, if anybody's listening to this and you've been like offline for the last three or four days, um, on Monday, I believe it was on Monday or maybe Tuesday of this week, fans in, in, in just in the U.S. for, uh, for now, nobody outside the U.S. has gotten this, started getting this letter where it has a, some text about, it's not text from, uh, William Blake, but it's, uh, text written about, uh, William Blake's uh, Songs of Innocence and Songs of Experience. And then overlaid on that is sort of the silhouette of Bono's son and Edge's daughter, the same image that showed during the Joshua Tree tour at the end when they played The Little Things. Uh, and that's, the, you know, that's an image that we assume is the album cover or at least part of the visuals of the album. And so that was laid over this text. And then there's little like breakouts um, of the. Uh, uh, you know, from the text where it's, you read it and it says blackout. And then below that, it's clear who you are will appear. And then below that, it says u2.com. And then at the very bottom, there's this sentence that says u2 will announce and then it's blacked out. And then the word on and then the rest is blacked out. So for those, it, it, just go to our homepage. We have, there's a bunch of tweets on there, um, on at u2.com and this, this really mysterious, crazy thing that random fans are getting. And so none of us, I think, I think actually Ian Ryan, our lyrics guy in Portland, Oregon, didn't he say he got one? He got yeah. one as yes. did Kelly. Oh, Kelly. I didn't, I missed that. So, yeah. Kelly received one and she was in the hundred percent totality zone. Okay. Yeah. So, so Mason, you were, I'm sorry, I interrupted. You were going to say, no, no, that was my fault. I was, I was just thinking one thing, one option we're not considering is that it could be a treasure map possibly. You know they they've uh, they buried a vinyl of songs of experience and we have to trace you know where it is like national <laughs> treasure I don't know just a thought but maybe it's your, geocached I like that that'd be cool that'd be new um, no but to answer your question I have not been to the mailbox but uh, you know because it's it's a bit of a walk I live on a hill so um, but you did remind me that I have a new mail guy that looks strikingly like Adam Clayton and I think I'm gonna go tomorrow and see if I can ask to take his picture so and check for my letter so. <laughs> And I'm not making that up. I swear, the guy, he's got the quaff and everything. You know. Wow. All right. Well, you got to post. You got to post that photo in our in our staff Slack, please. <laughs> Will do. Once you, once you. Yeah, and I've been going to the mailbox, but alas, nothing yet. But I'm uh, in Texas, so we didn't get anything over sixty five percent. 
pretty much. And it's it's interesting, you know. There's, I think, um, Tim Cunningham, uh, who is, uh, you know, has been on the podcast in the past. He's back when we used to do videos. So uh, he was on. He was, you know, he's a friend of our site, and he's been, you know, contributed to the site in the past. He put together, I think, a map uh, that I saw on Twitter earlier. T- I've been offline off Twitter most of the day today, but. Um, so he sort of mapped this out, and I think U2 songs may have embedded the map, or maybe they did their own, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, most of the, most of the people that have received this letter are like either right in the path of totality or like within four or five degrees above it, right? Like Charlotte, North Carolina is not right in it, but it's just north of it. And Atlanta, Georgia wasn't in it, but it's just south of it. But then there's like the outliers, like Sherry, you didn't get them, but I think there's been three or four fans in the Boston area, you know, way north of the of the 100% path uh, that got it. A bunch of fans in the Chicago area that got it, they're way north of it as well. Um so just yeah, the rhymer. It's it's all. It's just the most mysterious thing in the world. But it, it's the coolest thing too, right? Mm-hmm. I really like what um, Beth Beth Nabby on um, Twitter had um, had had made a uh, connection that uh, "Songs of Innocence" was online to the masses, simultaneous spectacle, corporate sponsor, digital live stream. And her estimation on songs of experience is snail mail, limited, singly, subtle, guerrilla marketing, and analog trickle. You couldn't get yep. more more opposite uh, um, on the, the on the spectrum. Much like you can't get more opposite between innocence and experience. That mm. that this is, I mean, dare I say, genius? Uh, because think about it. For the number of letters that got sent out. And, and, you know, we ran with the, uh, uh, with the news on it. Once we saw three or four people ping us to say, Hey, at, at you too, what's going on with this? Then all of a sudden you've got billboard spin, uh, Buzzfeed, Yahoo Pitch- sports of all places. Pitchfork. Pitchfork. Yeah. You've got all the major, uh, uh, music news and then some jumping on this that, you know, for, you know, maybe they only mailed out you know three hundred letters, and look at all of the PR that they're getting from it. Talk about bang for the buck. Yeah, it's it's. I agree. It's kind of genius that way. And, and yeah, I thought Beth. I think Beth. You know, raises a good point. Just in compare, I don't know if I don't know how purposeful that is. I don't know if like they stepped back and said, "Hey, we have to do something." You know, one hundred and eighty degrees opposite of what we did the last album. So whether or not it's whether or not it's intentional, though, I think it's uh, yeah, I think it's incredibly clever, and it's gotten just all kinds of buzz going, and it's it's been interesting for me just to watch how far the story you know once we posted, and I think you two songs posted around the same time, um, just to watch how far it's sort of spread and branched out. It's been fascinating. And Becky's thought right. about um, <clears throat> Becky, your thought about well, geocaching is is a really interesting one. Because Imagine Dragons did something similar. They they had geocached a uh, um, a treasure box with a guitar that was um, used in the recording of Evolve and a few other things. And so fans had to go and figure out the clues and then figure out the geocaching. And whoever got to the treasure box first got all the spoils. So I wouldn't put it past you two to pull something like that. I've just I mean, got who the, knows? Uh, that would be very cool. 
I'm sorry, um, I've just got the map up right now, and the the northernmost location looks to be Buffalo, which oddly enough is uh, a couple concerts from now when I'm going, and that is the northest it gets, and the and also looks like the furthest from totality, except for maybe Boston, but I'm not really good at uh, <laughs> at figuring out the distance, but hmm. yeah. So I think Matt to maybe play devil's advocate. These guys don't really do anything unintentionally for the most part, right? I think knowing their PR team and their people behind this, I think it's intentional that they are doing it this way because we can't forget what happened last time and people are still upset that that the album showed up on their phones and devices without, you know, their permission even though it was free and um I do think maybe it is an, an intentional contrast. Uh, time will tell as they come out with the rest of this. But, you know, I work in the PR business and I think this strategy to sort of trickle it out in this teaser campaign through snail mail, like what's old is new and people are checking mail. I mean, some people probably don't even have mailboxes, you know, younger <laughs> people. I don't know. But, um, I think it's really cool. Like Sherry said, first off, it gets attention, you know, from the the media outlets, but also it's organic and it's spreading and people are, you know, doing these maps and pinpointing where they're coming from and talking about it on the social media platforms. I think it most likely is intentional, but even if it isn't, yeah, I think it's a, a very good strategy to start getting the word out about the album and get people excited for the single. And the fun thing is, is, is we're finding out, you know, people are taking the letters, holding them up to light or, <laughs> or trying to see, is there something hidden in it? I even tossed out the idea. Does anybody have a black light? Could they have used special, um, 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 ink that, you know, uh, taking a line from invisible, you know, <laughs> um, um, it's all in here. You just got to find it that it's very Da Vinci code. Like, you know, mm true i have it's a I, mystery i have one of those i have one of those uv flashlights that uh but of course they didn't send me the letter so i can't <laughs> use it <laughs> they probably well, now they need to so hell of a lot of good my out. flashlight's doing in my quest to share you two news <laughs> they probably figured mcgee's got our number we can't send him one <laughs> I don't know what they figured, but I know I've been going out to the post office every day and I come back in and I tell my son, nope, no letter. I don't think we're getting it. Maybe they'll do some similar things for the other singles. I think I, I can't remember who I saw on Twitter suggesting that, but that maybe they'll uh, continue to do something special for the following singles, whatever well, comes out. So speaking of which, I have an I have an idea on what's, but I'll I'll throw it out to you guys first because so there's these there were two videos shot right there was you're the best thing about me was done with that girl that Mason mentioned earlier she had the jacket on uh, she was on stage at the Amsterdam show and then there was the private shoot uh, in the evening with you know, a hundred or 200 people inside. And that was for the song blackout, which is what this letter is about. So what are you guys thinking is going on with two songs? Has anybody given that any thought other than me? <laughs> yeah, no, I have actually, I think it seems like we're getting the feeling that early September is when the singles out. Right. And I think that's going to be, I think the way it sounds, I think the best thing is going to be more, 
radio friendly, and I think they would they might save that as a single for when the album comes out, you know, to play on your Jimmy Fallon's, your Saturday Night Lives, your Good Morning Americas, or whatever. And then Blackout is just kind of you know throwing some red meat to the base to get the diehards excited that with a song that would get us excited, but maybe not the entire uh, music listening population. Because I don't know, I, best thing sounds like you know something that sounds like them writing a top forty hit to me, and Blackout by all indications, is more along the lines of Invisible. So that's just my two cents. I see them following the same pattern as they did with Octung Baby. They released The Fly and uh, a couple months before Octung came out, and then Mysterious Ways came out right around the time of the album. Because the band will be touring in September and in October, they probably wanted to have everything lined up so that it, it could... It could just be ready to go. I'm sure Live Nation really wants to see this stuff get out, seeing as it's a year delayed. Uh, But I think that based on all of the approval processes and knowing that the band has to approve everything, um, they wanted to have everything ready to go before they hit the ground running. September 3rd, they're doing nine shows in 20 days in the U.S. There's going to be very little downtime. And this is when they're trying to get the machine up and running for songs of experience. So I just see them loading up and, and getting stuff in the can ready to go. Yeah, I agree. I think um, Mason to revisit what you said about the song blackout. And I think we're going to get into this next. Maybe it's a segue about uh, what the DJ was talking about um, from uh, la 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 Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh radio interview that we posted on our website. And if you listen through that and he describes the songs that, you know, while the Lumineers were playing, he was invited back to hear um, some of these songs and that, you know, Edge was in and Bono was in and then Adam was in and he described each of the songs. And I think with Blackout, he said it had really classic Edge guitar riffs in it. And it's one of the harder-hitting songs, so I think you're right about that, and it matches up, um, you know, with something like The Fly coming out. I think it's a good idea if they come out with something a little different than a, a ballad, if you will. Um, even though all the other songs sound good, they the way they described it, it sounds that one sounds a little bit more hard-hitting um, to me. And t- and well, and and, ju- and just to clarify, the, the, the that fourth song that the DJ talked about, I kind of speculated in the story I wrote that he might have been referring to Blackout, but there was a second song that they played that night of the video shoot just for the fans inside that little that little venue and it was i mean we don't know the exact title but it was called something about lights or light and so it oh, could right. it could have been that other song so we're not sure if the if what they're talking about on the the radio audio we're not uh, i'm not i'm not 100% sure that that's blackout that he was referring to but yeah we don't know which is which that's right. a good point yeah so, so uh so my theory about this is i think you're the best thing is going to be the radio slash pub public single and i think blackout is just going to be for the fan club i think that's going to be i don't think it's going to be a, i don't think it's going to be a single i think they're going to put the video and the audio just on youtube.com behind the paywall i think may because the letter talks about it i mean the letter specifically says youtube.com at the bottom of it so it's a promotion for the site um do you think they're going to pull a beyonce with it <laughs> Tell me what you mean by pull a Beyonce. 
<laughs> basically it's just going to drop overnight and and yeah i don't and, i don't know and I, let the fan club people go nuts bring bring a lemonade buzz be. about it i mean and, it could it could be it, yeah it could and i th- and i think it could happen at any time i i mean i think the letters are probably i mean people are still reporting getting the letters today so i i don't think it's actually going to happen in the next day or three or four but i think but i do think that's going to be just a, a fan club only thing that's that's and, just just a guess and to be fair i am ocd about constantly checking u2.com i'll wake up at three in the morning be like okay <laughs> have they dropped it yet because in dublin it's it is 8 a.m they could have dropped it by good now point. yeah and then that's our, actually our- a good theory matt um i like i'd like to wake up one morning and there it is That'd be great. Think about all the. I mean, think about all the YouTube.com subscriptions that'll drive, right? Mm-hmm. You've got it. Although no, I'm I've, still holding them to the. We're going to come in like the tooth fairy. We're going to put it underneath your pillow. I I leave a key in a special place that only Bono should know about. And whenever they want to show up and drop the album under my pillow, I'm waiting for you. Maybe Adam is my mailman. He's planning on doing that. I don't know. <laughs> no, Adam's coming to my house. Oh, okay. Sure. I didn't know you got dibs. Um, no, we, I mean, Songs of Innocence and that whole release was such a kind of show-stopping moment for us and them and sort of the music industry. People talked about how it was released more than uh, the, way it, uh, the way it was released or like the songs themselves. So... My thought is, when you go that big, you're not you're not going to go bigger, you know. Like when you when you do 360, you're not going to go and do another stadium tour. You're going to bring it inside and do something a little bit unexpected, and a little bit maybe more traditional, or just scale things back. So, I guess the, a wild card possibility is maybe the m- album just comes out on December first, and it's a traditional album release, and that that would be my. I think that's. That's my safe bet, I guess. But getting a getting it sort of dumped on us like Songs of Innocence would be good, not for my heart, but for my soul. So the, I wouldn't mind that either. The, 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 I just had a light bulb moment. Uh-oh. Oh my goodness! Here we go. Bono, oh, Sherry's- oh my gosh! It's all coming together now. Bono said that the songs on Songs of Experience are letters. There's a letter to the fans. Oh. There's a letter to Allie. There's a letter to the band. There's a letter to wait, wait, wait. His when did kids. he say this? I don't. I he said it in one of the interviews. Um, Same low, right? I've, yes, that okay, they are that all sound, letters. Sound, okay. So why are we getting letters in the mail? Because the songs on the album are letters. Oh. Sherry, you would give Sherlock Holmes a run for his money. I'll tell you. <laughs> Well, and I just had another light bulb moment. Oh my what gosh, if, this is like the greatest podcast of all time. Keep going. I know. <laughs> so we're, all our creative juices are flowing. Right? <laughs> so what if, what if the album, consider that they're doing this old school, what if you have to go to the record store to get it first? Oh. When is and it's store not going? online like they did it last time, yet. Wow, that's really going back to basics. I would dig that. I would go totally go to the store like I used to and buy the album and the CD probably. I think like Matt, you gave us the choice of what would we buy. I mean, if they're right in front of me, I'd probably buy all of them. But <laughs> I know it's sad. No, it's Save beautiful. money for the tour. Man, we just uh, we have all the great ideas tonight. <laughs> so we got, but so we have scavenger hunt, like a treasure map. Uh-huh. We've got delivering them as letters, if I understand correctly, and then just a straight up vinyl release, no digital. I like it. Yeah. Wow, look at us. We, I mean, we have just now laid out the marketing plan that that they need to follow. 
That's right. If they haven't strategized on it already, we just did it for them. All right. So, couple- except none of us have received the letters yet. So, right. the- yeah, <laughs> shows you what we know. We're no, we don't count. All right. right. So, a couple couple other news items related, mixed in, and related. To all of this uh, was the news today that there's a uh, an online shop in Switzerland that has posted songs of experience for sale, uh, pre order uh, with a December first release date. Now. Um, so I asked on Twitter, uh, you know, some of the people's uh, u2tour.de uh, and just, you know, for some fans over in in Europe, you know, because I'd never heard of this site, you know, is this reputable? Are they reliable? Have you ever bought from them? Do you trust them? And got back great feedback. I mean, everybody said, oh, yeah, I've ordered from them for years and, you know, they get the record store day material. And, and so, you know, a lot of great feedback on Twitter, you know, lending some credence to this actually being, you know, possibly a legit thing. Um, but then one, one fan in Switzerland, uh, 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 Sherry, or I don't know, you guys all might know, uh, Oli, uh, old friend of ours. I remember hanging out with Oli on the elevation tour going way, way back. Anyway, he lives over there and he emailed and he said, you know, that, yeah, he's ordered from them in the past, but he kind of wouldn't be surprised if they just put this up there just based on the rumors. Uh, so he's not convinced that it's a legit thing, but anyway, it's out there, and I suspect that we will start to see uh, SOE listed, you know, in the coming weeks uh, on other sites as well. And then the last piece of news item before we get on to talking about the upcoming tour dates, and uh, we kind of touched on this already. Uh, we posted the audio from the Pittsburgh Public Radio Station. Seven minutes. Uh, the the uh, uh, Mike Souter is the guy who got to go back right before the Heinz Field concert in June. And listen to four of the songs uh, from, you know, expected to be on Songs of Experience. And this is, you know, we're dating, we're going back more than two months now that this happened. Um, what did you guys, I mean, what did you guys think of it? I, I, I loved listening to it, and I thought his, I thought his descriptions just sort of, I mean, I was already looking forward to the new album enough, and now his descriptions just got me even more, you know, increased my anticipation. Totally. I I was fascinated by the interview and I think his description of the sonic landscape again, you know, which they're always described as, but, you know, I think on the last album, we didn't hear that description as much. Um, But he also talked about there's a drum solo. (laughs) So again, what's old is new. And I was like, oh my gosh. So we get to hear LMJ on a drum solo in one of those songs and how, um, how Bono came in. It it was a good description how when Bono wandered in and here's this guy, Mike listening to it with Bono right next to him, listening to Bono's music and thinking, this is really weird. Like surreal. He said, you know, I'm supposed to give him honest feedback, but then again, you know, I can't be mean about it. And, uh, (laughs) but basically he said, I think he'd like three out of four of them a lot. And, um, he gave the songs a really good review overall so yeah it it was um but the best part for me because i'm an adam fan let me just throw this in at the end he said adam wandered in last after bono wandered out and he said he really wanted to touch adam's hair (laughs) (laughs) because he's like well is it crunchy or is it soft (laughs) and i thought well who doesn't want to touch Adam's hair yeah. because it's pretty cool. Uh, and, uh, given the opportunity, I know I would. <laughs> oh, definitely. You know, it's not like what does he smell like, but what does his hair feel like? So. Mm. 
just saying. But, you know, y'all have to get in line behind me. <laughs> okay, Lex. Mason, Sherry, did you guys get a chance to listen to that? Yeah, I, I did. I mean, I was I was at Pittsburgh, so it you know it was it took a it was very humbling to know that I wasn't invited, but you know that's that's <laughs> how it goes. But I I am a person that I know that I'm on this podcast, but I don't know how to talk about music, and I always appreciate it when other people can paint a picture or like yeah, paint a picture of a, something what something sounds like, if that makes sense. And it it got me it gave me the tingles uh, all over again that I didn't get since the little things recordings were first came out before the Vancouver show. And I just, I got so much, so, so excited. And it's also, it's fun to hear something like this, an inside look from somebody who, I don't know this guy well, but from somebody who isn't as much of a diehard as us, cause he's coming at it from a much more, from a clearer perspective. He doesn't really have any ideas of what it should sound like, just what it does sound like. Right. And yeah. I'm just, I, I always appreciate that. And it just, yeah, like I said, it just got me excited. And that, that drum solo, Bono's been talking about it. I don't know when it first came up, but he's like, it's one of my favorite bits of a U2 song in years, and I just, I want to hear that more than anything. I want to hear, yep. uh, it's going to be great. Uh, I know, that gives me chills too. I mean, I kind of come from old school rock and roll where mm-hmm. back in the day when I went to concerts, drum solos went on forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was awesome. Oh, and yeah. then guitar solos, you know, yeah. they went out of vogue at some point, but they're actually really cool. And I love it when U2 does that because it's U2. If anybody's heard the song Stay Clean by Motorhead, the drum solo in that is what I keep thinking of when I think of the drum solo in the light. So I don't know what that says, but it's a good song. <laughs> All right, Sherry, you want to add anything on that? or you want, or shall we... uh, just, to, uh, just to go along with what Mason said, it's actually refreshing to get that type of a perspective before you end up with all of the Bono colloquialisms of, well, you know, the edge is on fire and, 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 uh, um, the rhythm section is really sexy and, you know, it, uh, it, it felt like you're, you're getting a true firsthand account. Although I am surprised that they went ahead and, talked about it, although I don't think that they probably figured anybody would be listening, let alone recording it. Uh, but knowing you two fans, we record everything whenever possible <laughs> that, uh, because if you're doing something like that, you've probably had to sign a non-disclosure or some sort of agreement or, you so know, actually, we've confiscated stuff or, so or you know, I'll weigh so in. that's why I was surprised that, <laughs> that they spoke about it. Well, I'll weigh in on that because I, cause I, you know, I emailed for permission to, to use it. And uh, Mike himself, who's I think the program director or the music director at the station, so you know he's one of the one of the guys in charge, and he, that's whose voice uh, is doing the most of the talking. And he, um, when he gave permission, he said, you know, it was really strange because you know there were there were uh, you know a group of us that were able to hear this, and never once were we asked. They, they didn't take our phones away. It would have been easy for anybody to record it. They didn't ask us or tell us not to talk about it. Um, they didn't, you know, there were no, there were no, he said there were no restrictions placed on any of this. And he, and that was surprising to him. Um, and so I had mentioned that, you know, that they had been doing this at pretty much all of the shows and, you know, I, I'm not aware of anybody, you know, whether they're, you had to sign anything like that or not, but, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah. So, so anyway, he was, yeah, he was kind of, kind of, he, he, thought it was a little uh, unusual that that there were no restrictions put on it at that point so 
Yeah. See, Mason, that's why you weren't invited. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm a big blabbermouth. recorded it. And I'm mic'd up 24-7, just in case. So, <laughs> more in a wire, like in the FBI, you know? <laughs> but that is interesting, Matt. I wonder, you know, if there's just a certain, obviously, that's an amount of trust um, that they're putting in the, you know, the music people, industry, the radio guys and girls. Hadn't really thought about it from that angle, but that's very interesting. Yeah. I, you know, I, I kind of think... I mean, in the end, you know, a segment like that, I mean, it's, it's, it's one city, it's public radio. I have no idea. I'm not, I don't know anything about Pittsburgh radio. I don't know if that's a popular station or not. I, um, but you know, that kind of thing, that's good promotion for them, right? I mean, you know, you get somebody talking for seven minutes about an album that's not out and you got to hear these new songs. It's like, I mean, and it's not the first time it happened, right? The, the, uh, back in 2015, wasn't it when, uh, who what was what's that podcast the famous guys talking YouTube oh uh, oh Adam and Adam right Adam, Adam and Adam, Adam. Right? And, the, yeah. didn't most they, convoluted podcast name ever yeah exactly <laughs> didn't they didn't they get to hear four songs or something like that and they talked about it and so I mean it's not it's not like this is the first time it's ever happened so mm-hmm. right anyway but who do we know of that had to sign NDAs other than the blackout people I don't know of anyone that had to sign NDAs. For, right. for that. So. I mean, it, what's the worst that can happen? You're going to talk about a song. I mean, if some if somebody's recording it, then that's one thing, but any press is good press, right? Yeah, so, I mean, just, yeah, exactly. I, just, just to talk about them, I'd love people to talk about my songs if I was confident w- about them, and they, it seems that they are. So, no harm, yeah. no foul. Amen. All right, let's move on to our last news topic of the uh, podcast, and I kind of hinted at this earlier. I am totally not prepared for this, but the Joshua Tree Tour starts up in like 10 days, you guys. Are you ready for this? So ready. Oh, I wish. I'm not making any dates on this leg You're not, uh, huh? that I know of yet. <laughs> oh, okay. You guys know me. I always come yeah. in at the last minute. Something, but, will, something uh, will happen, I, and, and we'll convince you to show up somewhere. Not looking good this time around. Work's piled up, but we'll see. Well, the good thing is, Becky, if you were to make that determination, you can get your choice of tickets at any U.S. date at this point. <laughs> right. Good point. Yeah, sure. You. Uh, yeah, I'm. And <laughs> I feel like we're like we're. I don't. You know. I don't know. I don't expect these shows to sell out. I, I guess that's where I'm coming from. They're 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 smaller cities. They're cities that. You know, I don't know. I guess I I just when they were announced, I was like, "All right, these shows are probably not going to sell out." It's just so I've sort of had this idea in my head that it was going to go this way. And sure, you tweeted this morning. Um, I saw you had a string of tweets where there's, you know, yeah. at le- it, it, it seemed like there were at least a few hundred tickets. F- you know, from the not the resale stuff. I mean, like you were talking original source tickets. Yeah, original source. For most of the shows. If you go. Right. If you go on to Ticketmaster.com, deselect the verified fan resale, anything that pops up blue is uh, is a face value ticket. So for Ford Field in Detroit, where they'll be kicking off the third leg, they have a partner site. So you can't really see what availability they have left there. But on Ticketmaster, you can. And from the looks of it, looks like Minneapolis it only had like 333 tickets left. And as I've been chronicling the um, the third leg ticket sales, Minneapolis has been a very strong market for them, which has been refreshing to see. Uh, I've been noticing huge blocks of tickets being uh, pulled. 
I'm, I'm assuming that they're being pulled because I can't see anybody buying in such large blocks like that for new Orleans. Um, uh, the fact that there's still general admission tickets left for Orchard Park, Indianapolis, New Orleans, St. Louis. They just did a ticket drop for GAs in Kansas City today as well. Normally, those are the ones that sell out the quickest are the, mm-hmm. are the GAs. So, you know, I'm not going to sit there and count every single blue dot when you've got entire sections or, you know, uh, uh, two-thirds of a section. But, um, you know, I just see that they did these uh, U.S. dates to basically uh, uh, subsidize the costs of bringing the tour down to South America. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you look at the routing on it, and it's, I mean, it's pretty clear that they're they're moving the show towards, you know, trying to get towards Mexico City, which they didn't play uh, on the first leg. Then they're trying to, you know, and that from there, then they head down to South America. Yeah, so I think, that, I mean, I think that makes perfect sense. And and look, for all the times we complain about not being able to get you two tickets, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay! If you want to go right? last minute, you should be able to go. So that, I mean, I th- you know, and you can get a GA ticket at the last minute. You know, if you're if you're a uh, you know a, a big enough fan that you're listening to the at YouTube podcast, that's great news um, because that is a you know a, an unusual situation. What do we think? I kind of wrote about I did, I did an OTR a week or so ago, I think, and I kind of wrote a little bit about this. I said I'm not expecting much in the way of changes, uh, uh, new stuff in the production, with the possible exception of maybe you know if we get a blackout or. Uh, you know, blackout song, not 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 a blackout like a physical blackout, blackout the song, <laughs> um, or you're the best thing about me. If indeed one or both of those are released in early September, which is as rumored, then I would assume they're going to play that song on the tour. But I'm not expecting a whole lot of other changes. Agree? Disagree? I mean, yeah, that's the reason that I bought tickets for Buffalo is that one in one case because it's so close by and it's my favorite band, but. Also, the poss- just the possibility that, I mean, best case scenario, I go to a show and I hear Blackout or The Best Thing live for the first time, or worst case scenario, I go see you too. So it's, you know, uh, it's, it's a win-win for me. But that's, but yeah, that's the main motivating factor to go see them uh, for a third time. And as far as production, I don't see them needing to make changes from, uh, from that weren't there in leg one. Uh, so... Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Is a, a popular item you can go to. Um, but if I had to pick, other than a new song, maybe they would sh- might shuffle the encore again, or hopefully add another song to the pre-core or pre-Joshua Tree set. So, uh, but I, I wouldn't expect anything wholesale like new films or anything like that. Whereas the country that they're coming back to in September seems to be a, a very different one than the one that they left on July 1st. I oh, think what true. happened in Charlottesville, I think what's happening in Phoenix, what's happening across the country. I mean, in Boston, we had, you know, a counter protest rally that basically changed the mindset of some of the other rallies that were going to be happening around the country because of the volume of the counter protests. Um, and especially after you had one of the current administration uh, officials basically say that the new Colossus by Emma Lazarus uh, doesn't mean anything towards immigration policy. 
I don't know if Miss Syria is going to resonate when you've got uh, 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 all of this racial tension going on. However, you know, given that that we have so many uh, immigrants uh, or 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 people who are trying to immigrate here who are being deported, there are a lot of political overtones going on at the moment that. For a band like you two to not uh, uh, alter these shows in order to have a stronger uh, voice in in some of these ways would, you know, once again pit them against an act like Roger Waters, who's out there pounding the drum every single night. Uh, I think that this sort of everybody, let's just sit back, relax, look at your surroundings. You know, it's almost like let's sing Kumbaya. That's not a U2 concert in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was my, my, uh, 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 one thing that I didn't care for on like one, uh, I didn't expect much out of, um, Europe, for there to be an, an American message because you're not in America, but coming back to this country with the way that everything is, you have nine opportunities to send a message where you're going to have, you know, the likes of Rolling Stone and spin and, and, and all of them watching you. Um, do you want to put yourself out there like you did back in the eighties? Or are you the, the uh, uh, older statesmen who are letting other people be the mouthpiece for for what you're really believing in. I think um, since they have they backed off of that so much after the two shows they did last year at uh, Dreamfest and um, iHeart, where they came out so strongly politically against, you know, the presidential candidate, that they got so much criticism and backlash on that. And then when they decided to come out and do this tour, they obviously backed way off of anything very strongly worded, which is hugely different um, with the exception of that one segment right before exit. But um, I would be surprised, Sherry. I don't know if they come back and say much about it. I hope they do. Um, I think it might be less risky on this third leg of the tour before they leave and then come back whenever they decide to come back for the next tour to the U S I mean, I, think well, I think, Go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say. I mean, I th I think it, it. I mean, I think those things will get mentioned in the way the current events were mainly mentioned on the first leg, which was during Bono's you know pre-song and post-song and sometimes during song, um, you know, talking. I think you know. I think he'll reference Charlottesville and he'll reference you know some of the you know the 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 white supremacy movement and all that sort of stuff. So, so I, I mean, I, 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 I see that kind of being part of it, maybe replacing as Sherry suggested, some of the, the immigration messages uh, from the, from the first leg, but in just in terms of the production itself, I don't see a whole lot of changes. I think the, the more current, the update stuff will just come from Bono talking. Yeah. Actually, I, I agree with, um, I agree with Sherry because uh, the way that things are, those first however many months when you know the administration took over and the the tour we was touring, it was a lot about you know healing in a way. And it's you know Bono said, "Well, you're from the right or from the left, you're all are welcome here." And now it's gotten to the point where things have been ratcheted up a notch to where you know we're flying Nazi flags and we're banning people from 
the country or the military, or whatever it may be. And I just knowing what I know about Bono and guy who wears his heart on his sleeve, I don't see I I think he will be a little bit harsher and he'll be more direct because he only mentioned the president maybe once or twice directly. I think it was a DC. He mentioned him by name. But other than that, it's just been the talking about the message that he's created. Now, I think it's gotten to the point where I don't think Bono can or will want to stay silent. It's gotten to that uh, that point. And I don't I wouldn't blame him. And yeah, it's not going to be popular in cities like Buffalo or Kansas City or uh, I guess it might be in Phoenix. It, who knows? But it's something that people need to hear. And Bono, I think, is the right spokesman to get that message out. And you think that this is a band who, who for 40 plus years has has been championing uh, human rights. Uh, I I read today that the United Nations has basically put the U.S. on a on a watch list for potential human rights violations because of what's going on with the um, with the racial issues going throughout the country. So, you know, this is a slippery slope where I guess because U2 has done it for decades, it's, it's become expected. So when they're not, you really have to question, well, why is it? Whose, whose interests are you protecting? Are you doing this because, um, you now have obligations with people like the one campaign or the angiogenesis foundation or like all of these NGOs or, or, or charities who rely on your goodwill in getting a foot in the door for that meeting in Congress or whatever that, you know, maybe with going back to the innocence and experience uh, uh, theme that as they've become more experienced, They've lost their ability to really come out with a with a stronger uh, message about, hey, guys, you got to wake up here. I think all it takes is to cut a little video from the show like they did with Dreamforce or uh, iHeart and put it on Facebook. And that's going to drive the conversation. That's I don't think people are going to be taking away bringing stuff away from the YouTube show. They have to if they want to say something, they need to take something from the show and put it out there for people to see. And that's that's what's I think that's what's going to spread. But uh, it, like you said, it is a slippery slope and they hopefully they have they pack the punch that they uh, they once had. And I think they still have. All right. Um, yeah, I, I think that's probably going to be one of the, the more interesting things to watch. Uh, I, I think we seem to all agree that there's probably not going to be a whole lot of changes set list wise, maybe not production wise. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they address uh, some of the changes in the the tenor of the country right now. So any other final words related to the upcoming tour? No. Good. We covered everything. Mm-hmm. All right, we covered everything. So I think that's, and we're right, I think we just hit the hour mark, so we should probably wrap up at this point. I think this will be the last podcast we do before Detroit, which is a week from this Sunday. Um, if something changes and we can squeeze another podcast out, maybe a B-side or something, uh, we'll try to do that. And hopefully we'll get Chris back for the next one as well, whenever that may be. Um so, yeah, why don't we just wrap things up now? Uh, Sherry, thank you again for being on. Becky, thank you again. Mason, thank you again for being on. Um, Chris, you can have your job back anytime you want. <laughs> uh, and, uh, uh, and, and hopefully, again, as I said, that will be soon. Um, 
for and thank you to everybody for listening. If you're new to the podcast, uh, this is uh, uh, we're here. We try every couple weeks uh, our 65th episode, and you can find at you two on the web at. Uh, www.atu the number two.com we're on twitter twitter.com slash atu2 facebook.com slash atu2com and then that's the same as our that's the same for our instagram address instagram.com slash atu2com so that's going to do it for us thank you to everyone for listening thanks again to you guys for uh, being on the show this week and we will be back soon with another episode of the at YouTube podcast take care we'll talk to you soon bye bye